Please stand with me for the reading of Scripture. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The Word of God. You may be seated. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. When the Bible uses the word peace, it is way deeper than the absence of war or the absence of anger on the 91 or the absence of yelling people in your home. When the prophet Isaiah uses the word peace, he means shalom, Prince of Shalom, a sense of well-being, the Prince of Tranquility, Contentment, Health, Prosperity, Completeness. This is Shalom. The Gospel of Luke, when the Gospel of Luke tells us the story, Luke tells us the story of the coming of Jesus. Luke tells us that the angels announced the coming of Jesus by saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Luke later describes the work of the apostles in Acts this way, announcing, they were announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. So this month, we're going to spend all of our time, the next few weeks, talking about peace. The Prince of Peace, the one who comes to teach us how to live in the world in a way of peace, the one that teaches us how to be peacemakers in the world. A whole month welcoming Jesus and learning from Jesus how to leave, live in this world as peacemakers. Today I have three observations on the coming of Jesus. One, Jesus comes as a baby. It's easy to think of our Prince of Peace as a baby. We worship him as a baby, we sing about him this season as a baby. And if you've ever held a baby, it's easy to know babies are calling us to peace. One author puts it this way, babies are completely dependent and vulnerable and helpless in need of someone to love them, to care for them, to nurture them, to protect them. There is, when Jesus comes, no army, no parade, there's no invasion. It is a helpless, powerless, little scrap of flesh that requires our attention. Peace. We can think of our Prince of Peace as a baby, that's easy. Every baby, every innocent and defenseless child is God entering the world again, says one author. Isn't that beautiful? Every baby, every new child is God entering the world again. And how we treat them is how we should treat each other. And there's something that I've said here before that I love. Barbara Brown Taylor says this, we think we hold babies, but really babies hold us, don't they? They hold us together. They give us shalom. Have you ever held a baby when they're sleeping? 
I'm at that weird age. Can we talk about it? I'm at that strange age when I want another baby, but I'm too old. I told Shelly the other day, my wife Shelly, for those of you who don't know who I am, I have a wife, her name is Shelly. Shelly, I think I'm ready for another baby. And she said, Sam, that's impossible for us. I said, babe, read Genesis. Abraham and Sarah. We can even skip the whole Hagar servant lady thing. <laughs> Are you enraptured when you hold a baby? Does it bring peace to your life? Yes. It's easy to think of Jesus as a baby. The second lesson from the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace comes to us and begins to teach us when he begins his ministry how to live peacefully, how to be peaceful in the world. Blessed are the peacemakers, he said. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, that seldom works. That's not how we become peaceful people. Turn the other cheek, he says. Love your enemies. Love people you don't like. Samaritans, Romans, Gentiles, New England Patriot fans. Love them all. <laughs> Even your enemies are made in the image of God. Put away your swords, he says. And at the end of his ministry, he says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I leave with you. It is a peace that transcends our understanding of worldly peace. It is his peace. It is a, a peaceful vision of the world made new. He wants that for us. And finally, three observations. They're going fast. I know you're excited. We're done. <laughs> finally, Jesus, our Prince of Peace on the cross, is teaching us one day how to live in the world peacefully. On his way to the cross, Jesus has been betrayed, he's been deserted by his friends, he's been spit upon, he's been struck in his face, he's been slapped, mocked, stripped naked, insulted, beaten, he's been lied about. And they asked him, who do you think you are? No one likes to be asked, who do you think you are, do you? Who do you think you are? He's been condemned, humiliated, they pierced his body, they bruised him. He was hated, stared at, crucified. And then they crucified him naked, left him there to die on the cross. And at that moment, in the middle of this horror he's experiencing, what is on the Prince of Peace's mind? Forgiveness. He says those words, Father, forgive them, forgive them. Our Prince of Peace is teaching us that forgiveness is the way of peace, that evil is not overcome with evil. That violence is not overcome with more violence. That intolerance is not overcome with intolerance. That betrayal is not overcome with betrayal. That mocking is not overcome with better mocking. That our hurt is not healed when we hurt other people. That a bomb is not overcome with a bigger bomb. That the way to peace is to absorb the suffering as Jesus did on the cross. And the cross is the ultimate symbol of how Jesus wants us to live in the world. And I'm going to say a little more about this. Something massive is happening on the cross. Our Prince of Peace is demonstrating that the universe is organized a different way than we have come to understand. When he says, Father, forgiveness, let's be clear, Jesus is not saying, Father, condone their behavior. I condone their behavior. It's okay. What they're doing to me, it's okay. And sometimes when we talk about forgiveness, we're afraid that we'll forgive, we'll forgive someone in, in the act of forgiveness or in speaking forgiveness to someone, we're actually condoning their behavior. It's not that. 
Let's be clear about this, that sometimes forgiving doesn't mean forgetting. We have not forgotten the cross. We've not forgotten what happened to Jesus on the cross. It is sometimes appropriate to put some boundaries between us and dangerous, abusive, and toxic people. It's okay to forgive someone and still get a restraining order. <laughs> Forgiveness is different than reconciling. Reconcilia reconciliation can happen, but it's different than reconciling. I can forgive someone, but if that person doesn't want to be reconciled to me, it takes two people to want to be reconciled to each other for reconciliation to work, doesn't it? Sometimes um, we assume that forgiveness means we have to be reconciled to someone. Some people are just bad for us, and they hurt us. And it's okay to forgive and not have to be around them. Forgiveness is different than avoiding justice and consequences. Sometimes the consequences is what changes a person. This summer, I was lucky enough to have been upgraded from a Civic that I had rented to a Dodge Charger with a Hemi engine. For those of you who have no idea what that means, it's a very large car with a large engine. <laughs> Super obnoxious. If you drive one, I'm sorry. I just called your car obnoxious. A couple of people in my neighborhood own one, own this car, and they wake the neighborhood up in the mornings going to work. And when I was given one, it was awesome. <laughs> I spent a whole week just, I mean, tearing it up. I was tearing it up going on a highway. Some truckers right in front of me, man, you could, 400 and some horsepower with a, with a roar. I, I mean, I, I changed lanes and I was about to pass this trucker when I noticed that there was another car next to me in the dirt median trying to come back on the highway. I'd cut him off, going 75 miles an hour. And then as I paid attention, it was actually a highway patrol person. <laughs> I mean, it took a split second for me to realize, oh, I did that, oh no. So I assumed I'm, I'm gonna get stopped today. I just made my way over. Sure enough, he came over. He was so mad. <laughs> you could have killed me. So you could have just slowed down and gotten behind me. Unfortunately, I actually said those words to him. I recommend you never say that to a police officer. And he went back and came back with a pretty hefty fine. The fine, uh, the citation read, improper lane change. <laughs> I read and I thought, well, that sounds really mild. Could we just forget about this? Never say that also for, that sounds like you're preparing to give a bribe or something, apparently. So could we just forget about this? And he said, oh, we will forget about this after you pay your fine. $350 later. Let me tell you what I do now when I'm merging, going 75 miles an hour. I look carefully. I have learned my lesson. Let me tell you who has not learned her lesson. The woman I live with. <laughs> Three citations, same stop sign. <laughs> I love you, babe, I know you're watching. She's in Florida with her, with her family right now.
Forgiveness does not mean avoiding justice and consequences. Sometimes that is what we need. Forgiveness doesn't mean condoning. Forgiveness doesn't mean, what, what is Jesus saying on the cross? Father, forgive, 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 forgive. Here's what I believe is happening. Here's what I believe our Prince of Peace is teaching us on the cross. We want to give back whatever injury has been caused to us. If you've said something nasty to me, you wait. It's coming back at you. Because if I just absorb that nasty thing you said to me, it begins to eat at me, and ah, I'm not going to keep it here. It's going to make me toxic. If you cut me off on the 91, it's just a matter of time before I cut you off, or someone's going to cut off. If you, if you watch baseball, you know that if a pitcher hits a batter, what's going to happen next inning? Someone's getting hit. Choose your sport. Hockey, hockey's nasty. There are people who are hired to not play hockey, just they're hired to hurt people. If you have an argument with me today and you say some nasty things to me today, there's a day coming when I'm going to dig that up and I'm going to give it back to you. And what Jesus is saying is, what if we just absorb this? We have bought into the notion and the belief, the, the belief that there's a thing called redemptive violence. Redem we're redeemed when we give it back to somebody. We got to get this out of, out of our life somehow. So we act out against each other. We cut people off on the 91. We say nasty things back to each other. And on the cross, Jesus is saying, there's another way. It's called redemptive suffering. I'm going to absorb this pain. I'm going to take this ugly thing you've done to me, and I'm going to, I'm going to take it out of circulation by just forgiving. Sometimes, the way of peace Jesus is teaching us is to say, I am not going to keep this hurt, this awful thing you have done to me in circulation by doing it to someone else. Have you ever been, have you been with someone in a car and someone... That's something, I mean, I don't know why I'm choosing all these car metaphors today, but it's, it's, it may be my growth area. And they lose it completely because someone won't get going when the light turns green. Like, come on! It's like they brought something else to the car. It has nothing to do with the light turning green and someone not going. It's like a year or two or three or maybe 10 or a lifetime of pain just surfaced right there. They were angry when they got in the car. <laughs> Have you ever been around people we're just angry all the time. It's like they've, what if we just forgave? Here's one author puts it, Henry now. He says, there's another way to live in the world. We can't forgive. It is an agonizing, it is agonizing to not give things back. It is a form of suffering. It means absorbing the debt, taking the cost of wrongs completely on ourselves. And it hurts terribly, but many people would say it feels like a, like a death. Yes, it is a death, but these deaths can lead to resurrection. Instead of living a life of bitterness and cynicism, we can say, this thing will die here, and we can experience a resurrection into life. I believe our Prince of Peace on the cross is teaching us this, Father, forgive, Father, forgive. Father, forgive. I'm going to teach the world to live a different way. You absorb the hurt. You absorb the pain. And then it's out of circulation. And there can be a, a resurrection. Years ago, um, we, the pastoral staff and your leaders, chose the hottest day of the year for a picnic on the campus. 
Some of you may remember this. <laughs> Some of you really remember it because you may have been uh, injured by the day we spent outside in the sun. It was so hot. It was so hot. It was, like, it was like when you open the oven to check if the cookies are done and you get this blast of heat in your face. It was like that when we opened the doors and we knew we better get the older folks inside because they're going to die today if they're outside. Some of you were there. Some of you, some of you were inside the cafeteria. We were protecting you. We were all out there and trying to enjoy our picnic, but we weren't. We were really just melting. And then a band of kids decided to start a criminal gang. Four, five, six-year-olds. Here's what they did. They found the... Yeah, you can give me some background music to this. It'll sound really awesome, Lucas. Super spiritual. <laughs> there you go. Yes, there we go. So the social committee had put out all these, these uh, containers full of water. They filled them with ice and then water to keep people cool so they wouldn't die in the heat. And towards the end of this picnic, the kids decided they were going to do something really awesome. They started to open the containers. They got cups of water and ice, and they began to douse us all with them. It was awesome. I liked that game. Cooling us off. But there's a really weird thing you have to do when a kid's chasing you with a cup of water. You've got to act like you hate it so they actually do it. Because if you act like you like it, then they won't do it. I mean, ah, this person's not that fun. And I'm really great at making it look like I hate it. I was like, oh no! I'm going to really hate this. Don't do this to me. But I'm actually running. I'm like running in place. Like, don't do this to me. Oh no, water, cold. Yeah, it feels great. Keep doing it. And they kept doing it. And I kept acting like I hated it. And then I got hypothermic. They went overboard, and I decided I've had enough. No more of this. And I saw one of these kids. You're probably here, kid. I'm talking about you. This kid goes up to this. I saw the whole thing in slow motion. He's up there trying to get his little cup full of water, and he gets the water in there. He comes down from the, from the table, risking his life to get this little cup full. He doesn't want to spill one drop of it, so he's just looking at it, trying to walk carefully. He looks up, who is, where is, where is he? There he is, ha <laughs> The crazy guy screams when you get him one. So he, he begins, begins to walk towards me, and I know, I don't know how this is going to end up, but I'm not, that cup's not going to go on me. I've had enough, I'm cold now. So he's chasing me down with a cup, and I'm standing there going, what do I do now? I finally just turn to face him. I'm like, okay, let's get this over with. He's got his cup, he's about to throw it on me. It took him too long to throw it on me, so what I'm going to say next is going to really disappoint you. <laughs> but it's kind of awesome. He waited too long holding his cup, so I just... <laughs> on his face. I mean, it covered him. It all over his face. He stood there just with his little lip curled up. <laughs> and his face said it all. He said, how could you? He didn't say those words. Oh, I thought we were just playing a game. I said, well, we weren't anymore. I was done with the game. But I felt horrible in the moment. I'm, how could I have done this to this poor little child? And he began to cry. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then he went, mm that's okay. <laughs> and it was over. Just like that, he, 
He absorbed his pain, internalized it, looked at me and said, it's done. And he walked away playing with the little gang. Woo, let's go again. Just like that. Oh man, what if we could do that? He, he experienced a little, a little death <laughs> in our resurrection. He didn't go look for another cup. He didn't try to get me back. He just knew mm, it ends here. Maybe this is why the Prince of Peace said over and over again, the, the kingdom of God is for little kids. You enter it when you're like one of them. Not childish, childlike. It's a difference. Be like a child. The Prince of Peace is teaching us this season to forgive, to forgive.